Welcome to the VMware Multi-Cloud Podcast. My name is Eric Nilsson, and with me today, I have my co-host, David Jasso. Today, we're going to be covering simplifying multi-cloud operations using the VMware Cloud Ready Framework. David, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Eric. Fantastic. Hey, with us today, we have William Lamb and, uh, Lam and John Marone, and I'll ask them to, each of them to introduce themselves, and then uh, uh, we'll go from there. William, how about you first? Sounds good. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, William Lamb, I'm a uh, senior staff solutions architect uh, working out of our VMware Cloud uh, business unit at VMware. Yeah, uh, John? Yeah, John Maroney, uh, lead multi-cloud architecture globally for uh, the cloud sales BU in VMware. All right, cool. Hey, we're going to be talking about the work you guys are doing on the Cloud Ready Framework. We'll get into that in a minute. But, uh, you know, for our audience, how about each of you just tell us a little bit about your background, kind of, you know, where you come from and what you're doing now and all of that. And then we'll get into the, today's topic. Uh, sounds good. I'll go first, I guess. Um, so actually, before joining VMware, I was actually a customer for a large number of enterprises. Uh, before VMware, I worked at uh, Salesforce.com, uh, running their R&D infrastructure, uh, doing VMware, obviously. Uh, I've been at VMware for coming up at almost a decade now. So I've been using our stuff since probably 2003, 2004 timeframe. Um, my day-to-day -day these days is driving our customer zero initiative within our VMware Cloud business unit, uh, working closely with our partners, our customers, as well as our PMs and engineering teams, and kind of helping uh, formulate some of the early design aspects of it, but also, you know, basically being the first customer going through some of our solutions themselves and making sure that it's design, usability, architecturally, all these different uh, aspects of, of building a solution for our cloud business unit. Cool, great, nice background coming from Salesforce and using our stuff and now working with customers to, to help them master what uh, what it's all about and what we're what we're doing with our technologies. Hey, John, how about yourself? Yeah, so uh, prior to coming to VMware, uh, I, I spent the balance of my career working with and for service providers um, and traditional VARs uh, looking to become service providers or MSPs. So I've held a, you know virtually every role within the partner organization, uh, all of which uh, have been really centered around VMware. So very early on, I was um, you know, doing operations support with VMware technology moved into pre-sales, moved into uh, product development and, and kind of up and down the chain there. Uh, so now I lead uh, multi-cloud architecture for the cloud sales business unit, as I mentioned, and, and effectively we're a pre-sales organization that helps uh, customers formulate their multi-cloud strategy, but also execute on it um, through technical pre-sales support, architectural guidance and best practices, uh, working across direct customer opportunities as well as with our uh, VCPP and other partners as well. Cool, very nice. Hey, you guys are going to be talking about uh, cloud architecture and some of the work you guys are doing. Uh, and I know you're just introduced a new uh, framework, um, multi-cloud framework that's available uh, in a white paper and there's a blog out on it. Uh, before we get into that, maybe you can kind of give us a background around this concept of architectural guidance and clouds. I know that there have been some other efforts out there by Amazon and um, Azure and Google. Maybe you can just sort of give give us a context set, and then we'll get into what VMware is doing. Either one of you can jump in. Just tag team. Yeah, sure. I'm I'm happy to start. So, uh, the the genesis of this was um, really looking at what AWS has done. Uh, you know, kind of as the the first introduction of their well architected framework. Uh, Azure has followed with with their own framework. 
Um, Google and Oracle is, you know, are also developing theirs. And th this has been the standard in the market for a while around cloud environment design and adoption and best practices. Uh, you know, from everything from operations to uh, cost to sustainability to security. Uh, and, and as VMware started to execute on VMware Cloud and the multi-cloud strategy and it started to cement itself within the hyperscalers, we started hearing from customers and noticing that you know, there, there, was a, there was a need for prescriptive guidance to our customers, to the market and in the community that wasn't only grounded in cloud-only environments. It wasn't only driven by native services that were being consumed to build and, and operate the environment. So when we started talking about, you know, with, with the expansion of VMware Cloud and AWS, uh, VMware Cloud and Dell EMC, all the hyperscaler solutions with AVS and GCBE, and others, um, there was a real need to provide a common thread between native cloud environments, customers on-prem environments, whether they're you know, remaining as they are or undergoing um, modernization, uh, and really providing sort of a center of gravity between native cloud, cloud-only environments and on-prem. And we, we felt that with the advancements around VMware multi-cloud and that strategy and the execution of it, we could put together something pretty compelling to help tie that story together for our customers and allow them to consume best practice and architectural guidance uh, that aligned with where they were in that journey, right? So we're trying to meet the customer where they are, whether it's early on in their migration uh, or you know they're, they're very mature in the cloud. Uh, we, we wanted to build something behind that. Cool. Yeah, I think John kind of hit it on the head, right, is around meeting where the customers is at. And it's really getting them on this journey, right? We have customers across the spectrum, you know, certainly much further down this path of, you know, leveraging cloud solutions, uh, including multi-cloud offerings as well. And so a lot of customers who are just getting started on that journey, right? Uh, and it's not just the architecture and the best practices and the guidance, but it's a lot of it is just education, making sure customers understand all these different offerings that we have. And I felt like as we looked at this, um, the space that obviously has been um, exercise, you know, by a number of folks in there, we wanted to kind of make sure that we differentiated ourselves to make sure that we focus on the areas that really make sense for our customers and help them, especially as they start to look at infrastructure transformation. And then obviously as they get closer towards, you know, app modernization and what are, is really important to the, for our VMware customers specifically in that area. Yeah. Hey, hey, David, I, I have a, I have a question, like an or at least a comment too, which is I got to imagine like much in the days when we were adopting virtualization, there was kind of design patterns for ways to adopt virtualization back when there were very few people that did it and they were the early adopters. And then there were the, the then everybody learned. And I got to imagine when you're building a hybrid cloud environment like this, there's kind of the early adopters that have gone through the learning experience, but then there's the bulk of people that are now starting to take this on and to some degree, you're actually just building a practice to allow the lessons from the early adopters to be handed down effectively to the to the the bell curve of the people that are doing these implementations, right? Oh yeah, totally. And I think um, the other motivation behind this overall framework, you know, as John, you know, nicely put it down to, it's also taken the learnings that we've done with a lot of our large customers. Um, you know, they are certainly the early adopters, and we've certainly. Uh, gone down these paths and have really helped them become successful. And at that same time, there was a lot of learnings that came out of from the customer's point of view of, you know, organizationally, are you ready for cloud? Uh, what are some of the practices that you change, right? From going from an on-prem world to hybrid to multi-cloud, 
um, just operationally, it's very, very different. And a lot of times you're actually giving up some functionality, right? And you're getting back uh, return of value and time. And so um, just what do you need to think about, you know, from a security standpoint, operational, um, automation, all these different things where, you know, you might do things very differently in on-prem. What we found from a lot of these large customers, we were able to get all these different insights. And we felt that we were best positioned to not only aggregate this information for customers, but help distill that in ways that made sense for them and kind of guide them throughout their journey, whether they're just starting on this cloud journey or they're starting to look at multi-cloud and hybrid cloud scenarios. Yeah, I, I wanted to um, raise a question, uh, sort of clarify something, raise a uh, question when we, um, we're talking cloud. We're really almost always talking about multi-cloud, right? So, because we're on, we're now on all the hyperscalers. So, Amazon, Google, and Oracle, and, and IBM, and uh, I'm sure I missed some here, Alibaba. And then we're also got four thousand plus uh, MSP partners, right? So, I mean, that's sort of the landscape we're looking at. And I know when, um, you know, an AWS did. Um, you know, their well-architected framework, they're really like, hey, how do you optimize for running on AWS? This is beyond that, right? This is looking at, you know, how do you deploy across a landscape of multiple clouds, right? I mean, that's sort of, I think, a core difference between what we're trying to do and what the, what the hyperscalers are doing. John? Oh, you're on mute. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, it's, it's an effort to, to bridge that gap. Yeah. Right. So, you know, obviously we believe VMware Cloud is 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 the vehicle for the fastest path to cloud, the fastest path to modernize your infrastructure and applications. But VMware is not the entirety of a customer or a partner's technology landscape, right? They use other industry standard tools, Ansible, Terraform, they're using native cloud services across the various public clouds. Uh, and the, the value we see in this is, is the ability to help them tie that together, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot, of, um, a lot of value and really the ability VMware brings to be able to really support a customer's choice in public cloud adoption and the flexibility to change or augment that as they need to. And the consistent infrastructure and operations behind that are, are really kind of the vehicle to do so. And in that, uh, you know, we really found that providing providing that comprehensive view of best practices and learnings and observations and, and guidance, whether it's organizational guidance, as William mentioned, around just readiness and alignment of their business to move forward on this model, or if it's technical guidance around connectivity or security controls and policy placement, we, we needed to have a way to speak to our customers in the market to, to convey this guidance but also allow it to extend and link back to the well-architected frameworks that are in place if customers are going deep in native services on that side. And if they have ancillary or adjacent VMware services they're using, we also want to pull those in when and where appropriate as this framework starts to evolve. So while we're you know, very much at the beginning, right, we introduced it as a concept, we're you know, putting more writing behind it to really put some some um, meat on that bone for for a lack of better words uh, but we want to tie all these together because that's the situation for our customers it's it's never just one right it's it's this and that and these all with different requirements all with different outcomes but they have to work in unison and they have to they have to operate efficiently um, and we think we can drive some of that with this framework cool uh 
William, any thoughts on that one with the in terms of the framework and kind of what we're trying to accomplish with it? Yeah, no, uh, I think John uh, definitely, uh, you know, hit on the head, right? Is that it's not just one particular hyperscaler versus another, right? It's like for our customers, you know, they see VMware and they're looking at us as our, as a trusted advisor and as they start to consume these different offerings. And it's not just pure public cloud, pure hybrid or pure on-prem, you know, you're starting to kind of, those worlds are starting to bleed in a little bit. You look at something like AWS Outpost, for example, right? Or VMware Cloud and Delta Dimension. You're now getting the benefits of a cloud service it just happens to run on your on-prem world. And so you're, we're really kind of mixing those things up. I think we're calling that like local cloud now. Um, so the, even cloud yeah. in itself is blurry. And so for, for VMware and our customers, right, we're delivering an outcome for them, right? How to solve true business outcomes. And when they look to VMware, they're going to be looking for guidance of like, well, how do I manage these things? What are the visibility? You know, VMware Cloud as a service is going to be that that SaaS level service that's going to give customers visibility to know where you're at, right? And, and you'll start to see more of that in terms of how you consume these services. But as you start to build, architect, um, operate these things, you know, VMware's going to look, customers are going to look to VMware and say, you know, how do I do this? And how do I do it in a consistent manner? We don't want them to consume these fantastic offerings. And all of a sudden this becomes 2X, 3X more expensive or more costly because they need to go to each of these providers and say, what are all your best practices, right? And, and we're going to be working closely with these different hyperscalers. And so this is really going to be a single place for customers to go and learn about our solutions, but also how to best build, architect and design as they start to move forward with their transformation. Okay, cool. So one of the things I heard you guys say was, um, you know, the the architectural guidance that the the hyperscalers are providing still relevant, you know, sort of, but, you know, there are some aspects of it that's still relevant. But when you're looking to that next level of abstraction where you're running VMware technologies across, you know, a multiple cloud environment, this is kind of where you'd get that guidance, right? I have one uh, other question on uh, with regard to the the purpose of uh, the, the, what you're writing in the documents. Like to some degree, there's the customers itself, but isn't there like channel partners? Also, you know, we have VCDXs. We have a whole bunch of you know expert architects that are actually driving this. Some of this is also to train them, right? To to make sure that everybody is architecting consistent cloud solutions so that you save those guys who are also directly helping customers, right? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, some some of the some of the frameworks and structures that we have internally, are, like VCDX, um, there's some other internal processes that William is tied closely to in customer readiness review. There are validated designs. There's a VMware Cloud Architecture Toolkit. There's a lot of internal expertise and knowledge and material behind that around how to do well-architected environments. Um, on-prem, hybrid cloud, or multi-cloud. So our, our hope and our intent is to really start to aggregate all of that information that really pushes a best practice and guidance forward for our customers and, and bring along internally those experts to help, help author some of the content, help put the direction forward of what we should be talking about, how we should be thinking about it, um, and then take some of the things our customers are telling us, um, you know, through the, the, the vehicle that William mentioned earlier to insert in not only our guidance, but real world scenarios that we're helping our customers work through. The, uh, the frameworks that are out there, I've looked at a lot of them. They all have sort of a common approach, right? There's this idea of some sort of, you know, overarching master framework that discusses, you know, in broad concepts, all the areas that they're going to look at. And then they, they all drill down into some, something they maybe call pillars or something like that that then go in deep on different areas uh, 
uh, that sort of are areas of focus. Uh, and then they put together their best practices and guidance in those areas. And that's everything from configuring the environment to using specific services. How, how, do, how are we approaching uh, the question of how to organize this material? And maybe you can talk, start to talk about what the framework actually looks like. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we think about the framework very similarly. I think it's just sort of the lens that you're putting under, right? I'll give you an example. If you look at AWS, you know, they have these uh, pillars for the well-architected. And you think about the this framework, it's applied to kind of, you know, their granular foundational services like S3, Dynamo, right? As you're thinking about how you might build an application or even uh, a complete organization for that matter, right? When you put the lens onto VMware, we're already providing you an already architected scalable solution on top of these hyperscalers. So our lens is gonna be very, very different. And what our customers are gonna care about is sort of not what is the underlying EC2 instance that's running, sort of like, well, what does the SXI have to do with the picture? Uh, what's my boundaries for support, right? In the case of VMware Cloud AWS, customers are long, no longer patching, upgrade, don't have to worry about it, right? It's all taken care of by VMware. And so when you think about best practices and these frameworks, it's really on the lens of what matters to customers. And so, so the solution is very different. And so our set of pillars, um, will very, be very similar. You know, I'll, I'll go in, into a second and kind of talk a little bit about them and then John can, can chime in. Um, but, the, but the point there is that we want to make sure that we focus on the areas that make sense to the customers. And these are the, these are the different differentiating aspects of it, right? That they need to kind of think about and consider as they go through this journey with us. And so for the framework, we have um, a plan pillar, our build, secure, modernize, and then operate. So these are our five VMware pillars. And each of these, like you said, David, it's gonna go down into very specific areas of concepts that customers and partners need to think about as they think about VMware cloud-based SCDCs. Um, and in terms of output and collateral, you're absolutely right. You know, it's very similar and it's, it's kind of an industry model, right? Is that you have this framework in place and the output of collateral are things that we call design guides, right? That'll be focused on use cases. You know, for example, VM migration has certainly been a key one for a lot of customers, you know, whether it's data center evacuation, um, doing hybrid where they're maybe offloading a set of infrastructure onto the cloud to things like disaster recovery and even cloud native applications, right? So these design guides are gonna be very focused around the use case, what is the business outcome? Um, they're being written in a generic fashion, right? So that they are applicable across the different VMware cloud-based solutions. And then when we get into the very specific hyperscaler details, you know, for example, if we're gonna do connectivity to AWS, it's probably gonna look very different than if you compare that to Azure or even GCV, for example, right? And there we have some collateral called designlets that will encompass the very specific details configuration and even the considerations that you might have to think about, right? Um, we'll offload a lot of that to um, to help customers think about, you know, what they really need to worry about and take away some of the things that they don't need to. But ultimately the customers do need to look at what their business requirements are and using these different pieces of collateral. And obviously the VMCR framework kind of wraps these uh, this overarching set of collateral together. So design guides, more generic, so sort of uh, working across the concept and multiple clouds, sort of a conceptual, and then designlets. Was that the? Was that? And those That's are correct. things that sort of be more specific to each cloud. Yeah, That's right. Okay. Cool. Yep. And there'll be reference to it and together. And so we have a platform internally at VMware called TechZone. And a really cool thing you can do is you author all these different pieces of content. And we have this capability called an activity path. And actually um, strings and constructs this overall intent experience. So as a customer, you don't actually see these details. Right? You go in and you say, Hey, I'm interested in doing disaster recovery. Right, these are my requirements. I can go focus on, you know, what are the clouds that I'm thinking about? And as you go through this, you can kind of look at the pillars and we'll have specific guidances across the board to help you better understand how to best implement and design this particular solution. Cool. 
Uh, I wanted to go through the um, recap the five um, five uh, pillars that you plan, build, secure, modernize, and operate. Maybe you can sort of just give us a flavor of each one of these. I know that the, these are things in progress and still being developed, but maybe uh, kind of what you think falls into each one of these categories and some of the big concepts uh, around each of them. Yeah, John, you want to take us through a couple and I can kind of close up with them? Yeah, sure. Um, so, so if we start with plan, um, this this would be around defining the scope, um, the requirements, what sort of operating model, identifying applications that you're going to move or deploy. Um, this this is where you know customers would take the initial assessment and lay of the land and and what are the requirements and outcomes they have to do going forward. Start to map those two activities around design and implementation. So this is really, you know, kind of the earliest stages of the journey for a lot of customers. What we would discuss in this things around um, organizational principles and culture, their their internal alignment from an org perspective. If are are, are they are they ready to adopt a cloud model? Are they agile enough to do it in a, a meaningful time? Um, they would start to exe uh, assess existing workloads, um, talk about infrastructure and application dependencies how to design for scale and performance, um, discuss cloud provider SLAs or SLOs. So, you know, this is this is kind of a, a, a complicated conversation when you start to look at multi-cloud deployments because mm -hmm. every cloud provider addresses service levels a little different and subsequently different services within their portfolio have different SLAs, right? So it, it's a big conversation and understanding that you have to get to around service availability. What sort of uptime do you have to guarantee for your business? What does the application require? And then you have to look at from a from a um, partner standpoint, uh, it's it's going to look a little different if it's a VMware owned, managed, and operated environment like VMC on AWS or VMC on Dell EMC. It's going to differ a little bit from our partner solutions with Azure VMware solution or Google Cloud VMware Engine, or if you're going native, right? So. Understanding, you know, what you're getting into from a service level point of view is, is quite important when you look at the availability of, of a business application. And then finally, you know, service uh, infrastructure services, um, NTP, DHCP, DNS, things like that, that you need to bring with your applications and your workloads as you move to cloud, or how do you consume those and deliver those from a native services point of view? Does the uh, does the plan stuff, the content, actually help you understand what the value prop is for the given choices? Like, so there are technical choices that you have to make and and determine what you're going to implement. But then there is also this like, like how do I know which one would actually be better for me, right? And I know there are the the checkbox things that you have to plan for. But then there's also I always struggle with how do I know which direction to go because maybe I don't understand enough to know, do you give kind of like guidance uh, in this on how to make decisions? I think that's a, uh, that's a really good point, Eric. I think um, the one thing that we didn't really mention is that, you know, the overall VMCRF, it's not just focused on traditional VM based workloads. I think, you know, a lot of us kind of assume that that's going to be obviously the, the primary scenario, but we have, like I said earlier, a lot of our customers, especially the early adopters and, the ones that are really pushing the boundaries um, that see the the benefit of cloud and and kind of getting out of you know quote unquote the data center business right and to say what am I doing right. for my organization that really moves the needle for my business not running IT 
and reassessing those resources. And what we found is that, you know, they are definitely thinking about app transformation, app modernization. And now it's not just like, okay, I'm going to pick up these workloads, transform them, and overnight, magically, that's going to give value. In fact, we talk time after time with many customers where if they were to rewrite everything and refactor everything, they would actually add zero value to the organization. Their CIO would say, why am I spending millions of dollars? What did I actually get brand new? other than saying, hey, it's a 12-factor app. So I think it is really important, the plan stage overall for a lot of these customers, it's really one of the most critical pillars, is right? To understand, is your organization ready for cloud, but also to assess your, your application of state. You know, what are your business goals? It's something that we can provide some guidance. We can say, these are the customers we've worked with with different segments and verticals, and this is what we've seen, right? You know, Freddie right. Mac is a great example, right? Where they say, you know what, we're completely getting out of the data center business, right? We don't see any value in that, but we want to leverage the exact same IT team. So it's not getting rid of them. It's say, I'm going to put their use where we can start to actually transform the application space, move, you know, the business into areas where we need to actually invest in and move faster than what they would, would have been able to do. And COVID is a, is a unfortunate but good example of this, right? right? That they've been able to move faster and say, these applications, these experiences for my business, this is where I want to change it, right? Maybe it's going from an on-prem static database to now a dynamic system that lives in AWS or GCVE. And now my development team can now start to expand upon the customer user interface, right? It has nothing to do with VMs or containers or Kubernetes, right. but that's really where they need to assess that. So part of it is we have tools that can definitely help customers look at here are your different workloads, whether it's VMs, if you have some containers and say, these are the candidates, ultimately it's up to the organization to decide where are you on that journey, right? Is it just to get um, onto cloud so that you can uh, transform your infrastructure so that you can actually start to have that deeper conversation about application transformation? We have some customers who say, you know what? I need to start transforming my organization. I need to show value. And so there they, they might have certain applications that they will assess and say, these are really critical. So we definitely have some toolings and some guidances across that board. Right. Um, but yeah, it was going to be something that, you know, the organizations need, need to decide based on what's important for them. Right. I could I, I could. I can definitely see. I can definitely see where you know, like maybe I need a hardware refresh, and right, and I'm in this point where I'm considering hardware refresh, and so hardware refresh planning might be different than application. You know, maybe I'm refreshing my applications, and so the the planning around what's driving the value of this, right? And you're right, it could be it could be getting out of the data center business, could be hardware refresh or hardware augmentation, or it could be modernizing your applications, right? And then that planning, then I have to decide what's driving me. For that and then based on that what decisions do i make you know because re hardware refresh is different than application refresh right and so yeah interesting absolutely yeah and one piece of feedback i would say that from what we've seen from customers is that it is definitely much easier to start to have that conversation and actually execute on an app modernization strategy once you've transformed your infrastructure it, it can definitely be done on non-cloud-based infrastructure but what we found from talking to customers, and I'm sure John can chime in on some of his experiences working with some of our customers, is that it is much harder. And so we have been seeing this pattern emerge that, you know, you migrate your, your workloads first. And as part of that, once you've done that, you don't need to migrate all of it, right? It's kind of in flux. Customers are constantly planning and moving just enough, right? And then they start to think, take advantage of cloud-native services, take advantage of some of the solutions that we have as part of our Tansu portfolio and all that. And we have seen that pattern emerge as one that's been very successful for many of our customers. Hey, related to um, to some of this, you know, because we started to get into the portfolio, one of the things that... Um, you know that that's you know clear about the other guides that are out there is that they you know they talk a lot about um, you know process best practices operational issues but they also get into the technology right so they're not shy about talking about 
you know, AWS isn't shy about talking about its technologies and where they fit in, in all in each of those sections. Uh, how about, or, you know, do we get into some of where our technologies fit? I'm thinking particularly in, in the plan space, some of the value that our management portfolio brings to the to the table. Do we get into that level of depth and around how some of the technologies support uh, each of those pillars? Yeah, we will. Right. So, uh, some some of this has started already with the recent uh, migration tooling white paper that that William and Ahmad Yunus put out. I think probably about a month ago now, um, where you know not only did it provide guidance and best practices for for uh, workload migration, but it also offered uh, a detailed analysis of what some of the options are to facilitate that move. Right. And we're looking at similar things to do to incorporate into uh, subsequent content of the framework that will provide guidance on VMware-based tooling or industry standard tooling that would be a fit based on the pillar concept, based on the point in the journey, based on what technology we're talking about or what outcome the customer is trying to achieve. And, and this, this is where, uh, again, this is where we're really leaning heavily on having this framework be somewhat of a center of gravity. So we can have this overarching conversation around architectural guidance, best practices, organizational principles and everything we discussed, but then also back it up from a, you know, linkage to native services, linkage to other VMware tooling um, that can support customers in actioning the things that we're talking about. Cool. Uh, so when we spent some time with plan, we don't have to go into great depth, but maybe a sketch of each of the other areas, build, secure, modernize, operate, in terms of what, what, what do you think is going to be in each of those areas? Yeah. So, uh, you know, as kind of mentioned, plan is the most important one, right? Uh, these other pillars, you know, start to make a little bit less sense if you don't you don't got it planned. And obviously customers have been very successful once you spend enough time investing in that. And again, it's really key to understand that it's not planning your entire migration estate. We, we don't expect that in practice. No customer is doing that. It's planning just enough, whether it's doing a POC, planning just enough based on the application experience, right? Um, it's really this area. And then the next logical step, uh, if you think about it, is around building it, right? If you're talking about a, a migration, VM migration-based workflow, then you're looking at building your CDC. Um, to your point earlier, David, around some of the tooling, so we have things like VMC Sizer, so it helps you size your infrastructure. So once you assess the workloads, you can say, hey, these you know 40 P uh, applications with maybe 100 plus VMs, I now need to size this out to say, what is my actual VMware cloud-based SE is gonna look like? So we have different toolings to help you there. We also have something called Launchpad that will heavily quick you, guide you through to actually setting all this infrastructure up. You set up network connectivity. So that's all kind of encompassing of the build. If you think about cloud native in that space, right? Um, it's around using a, a project that, that we've recently kicked off called Project Iris that will, it has a similar assessment tool that will start to look at your application estate, look at the dependencies. And then part of the portfolio is actually to identify certain types of workloads like J2E, Java-based application, and actually take those application as is running in and actually converting them into a container-based application. So getting it ready so that you can then transform that you know, across these, uh, what, what we normally call the, you know, the five R's or the seven R's, right? Whether you're refactoring it, uh, revising it, those kinds of details. So that's kind of encompassing of the build framework. Um, we then have a secure framework. You know, we want to really focus on key security, not just on typical network physical security, but there's a lot of other areas of things like IPAM, uh, compliances, auditability. You know, these are all things that you should really think about and consider. And we felt that this was enough content to kind of fit into own pillar. And you see security being a key pillar for many of the other well-architected frameworks as well. Um, 
After that, we have something called modernize. You know, this one's actually a, a, an interesting one because uh, as we we're developing the framework, you know, there's a lot of like um, healthy debate of what should this be called. You know, we got a lot of motivation and, and, and inspiration in the early days of looking at, you know, our VMware Cloud AWS migration strategy, right? Which we had these phases called plan, build, migrate, and operate. And you kind of see there's some some uh, similarities to where we ended up with the framework. And we felt that, you know, we just said migrate. Most people imagine, okay, you must be talking about VM migration. And we definitely are. Um, but again, a lot of customers also think about app modernization and how do you think about that? And so modernize felt like the right word to describe both these scenarios, right? Customers are doing a little bit of both. Some will be more heavier than one and the other. And so in the modernize phase, this is you implementing the actual workflow migration and or cloud native transformation, right? Could be refactor. It could just be taking advantage of cloud native services. And so there's a lot of um, concepts to think about in, how, in terms of how you manage that strategy. Uh, where do you find value? Where do you start? And obviously, we'll have VMware specific tooling around that. So that that's the modernized pillar. And then finally, we have the operate, right? Really key piece of it, like John kind of mentioned early on in during the plan phase, you talked a little bit about SLAs, SLOs, understanding the availability constraints, you know, backup disaster recovery, both for traditional VM as well as cloud native. You know, what are all those requirements? How do you go and um, identify the, the KPIs that matters to your business? There's going to be a number of KPIs that are going to be technical. And how do you go about implementing that? And you know, the nice thing about all these different pillars is that VMware has certainly uh, a set of toolings and services that are available, um, but we also have other partner solutions, right? Depending on where the customers are at today, uh, whether it's a cloud service uh, or if it's a typical, you know, on-prem shrink wrap piece of software to help you understand, you know, what are the metrics that you need to collect. So at a high level, that's kind of the overall framework and the different pillars. Cool. So, sounds great. I think it's going to help customers a lot. And so what's what's available already? The I think there's a couple pieces that are out already and then plenty more to come. But maybe you can just uh, highlight again for us what's already available. Oh, there's my dog. Let's, let's go this way. There he is. <laughs> um, so, so to date, uh, there, there was a blog announcement around the concept of the framework, um, a few details uh, around what it is. Within the blog, there was a uh, link to the white paper, which is effectively a rundown of the concept of the framework, of the positioning, who the audience is, um, some level of detail around each pillar, a few bullets uh, around the concepts that you will find in each pillar that we'll talk about and expand upon moving forward. Um, and, and really, just just it, it, it is the introduction of the idea and the concept for us and where we're going to take it, right? So. Oh. So this was, you know, I think maybe a week or two ago. So it's still very early. Uh, myself, William, and, and the rest of our working team were working towards, you know, first expanding upon each pillar in, in a lot more depth, and then subsequently getting into other concepts within each pillar that, you know, would align with the journey, would align with where our customers are, um, and incorporating a lot of the tooling considerations and other frameworks we have internally to inform some of that that guidance. Yeah, and this is a big you know, effort, right? You've got a lot of people involved in this, right, across the company. Oh yeah, this is a this is a huge cross-functional effort. I think I think this probably started, uh, you know, late last year, and then there's only a number of folks that have contributed to this to this effort, right? And and I think it's not only expanded upon the actual framework itself. You know, you'll start to see some collateral updates there, but I think it's also the target audience, right, helping, you know, CIOs, CTOs, cloud architects to understand kind of what are things that they need to start thinking about, right? The framework um, is going to be continuously evolving. We're constantly learning from customer engagements as we speak. 
we're going to have feedback from our partners or hyperscaler partners as well too to kind of guide and say you know where areas and a lot of it too is also linking to existing collateral a lot of collateral that exists out there today if you look at like the sla documentation for vmware clone aws it exists already right but we want to make sure that it's available in one central place you'll start to see more areas of um, involvement of this uh, centralized form you know today it's a white paper you'll start to see more of that evolve in, in the coming months as well. And then we also started to publish some designlets. And so you're starting to get some tactical things that you can leverage right now. You know, network connectivity is a huge topic on, on VMware Cloud and AWS. And I'm sure this is the same for the other hyperscalers. And there are just so many different options and, 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 and solutions today. And so we wanna make sure that we balance it out to have, you know, conceptual content, but we also wanted something that's tangible, that's usable right now. And so network connectivity felt like a good one. And you can start to see that scale out to the other hyperscalers, uh, hopefully fairly shortly. Yeah, you know, I, 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 you really hit on something earlier when you, William, when you were talking about build as well. I find that interesting that if you really look at applications, and it is all about the applications, how you run them, that when you're moving applications, there are a set number of fixed applications that are out there in the universe, right? MongoDBs and, you know, J2E applications and that. And it's just interesting when you said like, yeah, like taking a J2E and running it in a container, right? And like, there's so many people that are probably going to be doing the same process, right? You're like, yes, there's the infrastructure, but then there's the application design patterns that are kind of like a migration design pattern, right? Where we've built a XYZ app, it's running on J2EE, it runs a certain way, and you're going to then migrate that into kind of this a cloud environment. It's just interesting that it's not only just the framework, it's the app, it's application and application examples that you can have in this build design patterns that, that help you figure out, you know, how to do the common apps, whether it's MongoDBs or J2Es or a lot of the other ones, but there's a finite number of these things that actually exist that need to be moved over. And many, many, many companies are going to be doing the same process. So that's, that's an interesting oh, yeah. thought process. Yeah, and it's not as excited as I am for the framework. I'm actually even more excited about some of the tooling that we're building behind it to make this easy, right? Like I said, you know, right? I, I forget the number, but I think it's like somewhere in like 60 to 80% of like most workloads, you know, they're Java-based, G2E-based. So it's a huge estate that, you know, it's prime for us to help assess, right? And we're also getting feedback from our customers actively. And so as we talked about this, right, this is kind of VMware's point of view that we've been kind of working with customers and partners and hearing the feedback. Um, a lot of the stuff is still... Um, up for discussion with partners and customers and hearing what they want to see worked on, right? So if you say, hey, network connectivity, right. we've got that solved. We actually want you to think about these other areas. We're definitely open to that. And in fact, we have an email address on the paper to we want to engage. And if any customers or partners want to become design partners with us, right, to kind of exercise these things. But you're right, Eric, on the, on the application side, there's so much really awesome work that's happening within our cloud business unit around focusing on, on how do we assess these applications, helping you understand the estate and then quickly taking some of those examples, the low hanging fruit is what I would call them, right? And quickly show customer value of moving that across to the cloud and start to operationalize that, take advantage of our various tons of offering. Like we're still very, very early days, uh, but Project Iris is certainly one to keep an eye on as part of the MapBU organization. Yeah, I could definitely see like a tools flings that come along that, that actually build really interesting tools to allow you to take some of these low hanging things and move them over, right? Where people collaborate on building these type of things so that we can share it amongst, you know, a thousand different enterprises that are all going to be doing this yeah and that's hopefully the the longer extended journey and roadmap that i see for some of these things that you know john and i have talked about it so like this is great that you're putting all this def do documented down there here's best practice you can follow it but wouldn't it be awesome if you can go to vmware cloud as a service and say hey i'm ready to start my journey i want to do some level of vm migration right. i want to do some level of cloud native application 
give me some tools that I can just point to the infrastructure. It magically says these are the things that's available, creates a HCX migration group for you and say, when you're right. ready, go and click on schedule, right? And so it's all the things that you would have been doing right now by hand. And so we're hoping right. that this also codifies into something that we can integrate into our service. And so that's really our longer term vision. Um, nice. Obviously, we want to be in this crawl, walk, run phase. And there's you'll see incremental progress in all these different areas. But I think ultimately, that's kind of like the grander plan um, that, you know, I think we all kind of have for this project overall. Yeah, that's kind of neat. It reminds me of the P to V days, the physical to virtual days where we actually built tools. You could point at a rack and like 30 minutes later, all of the OSs were consolidated and put in two of the machines at the bottom of the rack running in VMs, right? And it was literally that easy once we had those tools built. So, yeah, neat. So very exciting, guys. This is uh, some great resources you guys are creating for the the uh, architects out there, enterprise, cloud architects, platform, you name it, right? This is going to be relevant to all of them. Um, any last words, uh, any last thoughts before we um, sort of move on here? Because uh, I think, again, this is some great work that you guys are doing. Yeah, just, just one thing from my end to add on to what William said. Um, there is the email address in the white paper. We're very interested in feedback and ideas uh, and concepts that we can incorporate into this to to make it as valuable as possible to our customers. So, you know, customers or partners out there, if they're interested in, in being a design partner and, uh, you know, kind of getting their fingerprint on this a little bit, we'd be more than happy and excited to hear from them and, and, and talk to them about it as well. Cool. Very good. William, any last thoughts? Nope. Second, what John says is that, you know, our roadmap is really going to be dictated based on customers' feedback and stuff. And so we want to have this as an iterative approach and all that. And so if you have any feedback, reach out to us. We're on Twitter, LinkedIn, wherever it may be and all that. Just reach out and, and let's have that discussion and then we go from there. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, it was great having you on today. And uh, this is exciting work and uh, really important. So uh, thanks for uh, helping us uh, understand what you guys are doing with it. Yeah, yeah thanks for having us. Thanks a lot, guys. That was great.